And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Got to get it in. Here's Luca. Gets it away. It's gone. A Doncic dagger. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. And with me this morning from No Dunks and the Athletics Butcher Shop, Trey Kirby. Hey, <laughs> Andrew, thank you so much for having me. Uh, what a great night of basketball to talk about. Unbelievable. Luca. That shot, that game. First, okay, let's set the table first because this game was it was one of the best endings all season. So 2.2 seconds left. The Grizzlies are up two after Luca misses a free throw, which I thought was going to be part of the story we were going to tell. Uh, not, not the free throws we're talking about here. Grayson Allen goes to the line. He has a chance to put this game on ice. They're up, they're up two. They could be up four here. He misses both. And then it still seems like, okay, like, what's going to happen here? They double-team Luka. It seems like, okay, this is over. He splits the double-team. Looks like he's falling down. I don't even know what to call that shot. Is it like a falling-down runner? I don't know. What do you call that shot, Trey? That's a great question. It was a floater release. There's no doubt about that. It was a leaner. You know, he's definitely lunging over the three-point line. Uh, it's a little bit of a scoop shot, too, because he's kind of <laughs> ducking underneath the double team. It was a lot of things put together, done in a quick amount of time. Uh, a three-point floater, man, that's impressive. Getting it off in time, that's impressive. Staying behind the line, that's impressive. I couldn't believe that all of those things went absolutely perfectly. And like you're mentioning, you thought it was over. Grayson Allen going to the line. He's having a really nice game. But then they cursed them. If you believe in the broadcaster curse, they put that career-high free throw percentage up there. Oh, two misses. Comes back the other way. There's a reason they call Luca Wonder Boy. It's moments like this. It was truly unreal. And he had a great game. Luca did 29 points, five boards, nine assists, two steals. He was spectacular. But it just felt like, like that missed free throw. Like, okay, like things aren't going the Mavs way here. But then he just delivers. Trey, I love both these teams. I love almost all the role players on both these teams, especially the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are just stocked with just like men. I, I love this team. Uh, any, any favorite role players from either of these teams? I'm a big time Jalen Brunson fan. He's yes. an Illinois boy. And, you know, he's been putting together a, a minor six man of the year campaign uh, here, I think, in the, you know, the middle third of the season kind of he seems to be one of those Dallas Mavericks who can at times be the one who gives the secondary playmaking out there and catches and shoots and is able to just be a, a sometimes a third scorer even outside of Porzingis just uh, somebody else who can take a little bit of the load off of Luka he's one of my favorites and on the Grizzlies side I love what Valanciunas brings to the table, especially considering that he's probably not even their preferred starting center, right? They would love to have Jaron Jackson Jr. back to have him healthy, sure. even if he's playing alongside Valanchunas. But the toughness that Valanchunas brings um, 
the physicality, the imposing nature inside the paint. He's been on this crazy double-double streak. It's getting people talking about rebounding. You know I love that. Uh, he's been instrumental to the Grizzlies' success. I think um, just the attitude he brings to the team really filters out to the rest of them. And I don't know. It looked like they were going to pull it off tonight, largely on the strength of Valanchunas and Grayson Allen. That's uh, the sign of a team that's on the rise. If you're able to, to put together a competitive game like this, win games like this, as the as the Grizzlies have been doing, without getting an incredible performance from John Morant, you can see why the Grizzlies have been able to exceed expectations this season and last season as well. Yeah, and Valanchunas now holds the record for most consecutive double-doubles for a Grizzly, which seems improbable going through like the grit and grind era you just think like that is going to be locked up in some kind of vault away from any other player but somehow Jonas Valanciunas holds that I wouldn't have been surprised if Zach Randolph had an entire season where he had a double double every single (laughs) night right or Mark Gasol theoretically as well but uh yeah Valanciunas uh as he's gotten older his game has just matured perfectly you know he's He's a little bit of a man out of time, no doubt. You know, you see it when he's going up against Chris Stapp's Porzingis, and Porzingis is spacing to the top of the floor and putting the ball uh, on the deck, and, you know, Euro stepping and finishing it like he did late in this game. Uh, but as Valanchunas has gotten older, has gotten more comfortable with his game, and has really realized the impact he can have playing kind of against type, I think it's been impressive. I thought he was actually... You know, the production is kind of similar between him and Porzingis in this game, but I thought mm-hmm. uh, Valanchunas really dominated that matchup. And I thought that uh, that that pressure on the rim that he was putting on was going to be the thing that gave uh, the Grizzlies the win. But sometimes one team has Luka Doncic and the other does not. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's move on to the early game. The Sixers beat the Nets 123 to 117. Joel Embiid was a monster in this game. 37, 14, and 5, 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Uh, Trey, what are your thoughts on Embiid's dominant play tonight? I love to get the full Joel Embiid experience when he's having a dominant performance. I don't want him to be just chilling in the background, you know. I want him to be uh, making plays that you don't expect from somebody at his size, falling down on the ground and then giving you a gentle Degeneration X thrust. I thought he toned it down this time after uh, he caused some waves with his previous thrusting. Uh, He was also doing his classic arms out, raised, bathing in adoration celebration, which you get from Embiid, but... 
I mean, the guy was the difference in this game, dominant on both ends of the court. You heard Kyrie Irving post game saying that the Sixers are who they say they are, basically because Joel Embiid brings that defensive intensity. Obviously, he's an incredible offensive player, but the the floor he gives a team on the defensive end is incredible as well. And yeah, I don't know if uh, Embiid has enough time really to make it run at the MVP here, but those kind of performances, you see why he was certainly in the mix before he went down with his injury. And you also see why a team like Brooklyn is going to be worried about facing Embiid if they should run into each other in the postseason because they don't have an answer for him. Like, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge theoretically will get a chance at some point. Blake Griffin might get a chance at some point, but you saw what happened against Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan. Those aren't answers. I don't really think Aldridge, Griffin are going to be as well. So that is a question that the Nets are going to have to answer. We'll see how they do it should these two teams meet. Maybe the answer is just the young guys, because the young guys went on a run. We were messaging on Slack during this game like, ah, too bad this game is just horrible. And then these young guys go on a 19-2 run to close the gap, and Steve Nash does the most coachy thing ever and just leaves them in, lets, just rides out the young guys, lets, the, lets them play out the game. They make it somewhat interesting. To me, it never felt like they were actually going to win this game. Uh, but you saw a, a nice run from Landry Shamit, who kind of led that crew, TLC, Bruce Brown, Nick Claxton, and Alize Johnson. But what, what are your thoughts on just that that stretch run that they made? I think those kind of things are important. I'm like you. I didn't really think that this game was in danger because basically whenever the time came for it, you just had to give the ball to Embiid and something good's going to happen if you're Philadelphia. But Sometime in the future, uh, the Nets are going to have a time in a, in a high leverage situation where Kyrie Irving has a couple of fouls and he has to sit out in the second quarter and James Harden has to sit out with fouls in the second quarter. And you need some performances by role players who are thrust into a more pressure packed situation than they might have been anticipating. So to have some sort of success against a top team in the conference, that's the kind of thing that you can at least look back on and say, yeah, we've at least had some sort of success here. Uh, we can draw on that in the future. And, you know, the Nets have done a great job this season, I think, of getting performances out of their young players, out of their role players. Everybody seems to be very empowered on the Nets to go out and make plays and to try and make something happen. That's been a hallmark of Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni teams for 20 years at this point. So no surprise. But uh, the way they're able to turn guys like Bruce Brown, Nick Claxton into players, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these guys have an impact at some point further down the line when it really matters. Yeah. It kind of makes me think, did they overindulge themselves in the 2013 All-Star team? Because they got some guys at the end of the bench that can kind of play. And so, I am i don't know. Sometimes you need that young energy. Definitely. Uh, yeah, and certainly that will come into play, but uh, I don't know. It also... It, you also understand the the importance for a veteran to look at another veteran. And I think that's sure. a big part of it, too, is that, uh, you know, maybe Steve Nash trusts Nick, Nick Claxton a lot, but maybe that's not the case for a Kyrie Irving or a Kevin Durant. I don't know, but it's better to have more good players than fewer good players. That's the good thing, right? If LaMarcus Aldridge is looking slow out there, if his jumper's not dropping, go for Nick Claxton, who's going to bring you a little verticality and a little uh, defensive versatility as well. Not bad having too many options. I hesitate to bring this up, but the Magic beat the Bulls 115 to 106. Trey, I thought the Bulls were back. You know, so did I. So did I. On a macro <laughs> level, the Bulls are still back. And I will say, at this very moment at least, they're still in the 10th seed. But uh, 
a crushing loss, to be honest with you. A lot of Bulls fans, they're calling it rock bottom, and it's hard to it's hard to feel differently, especially considering an incredible game from Wendell Carter Jr., who was obviously just part of the trade a couple of weeks ago, 19 and 12 for them. He was playing with force. A great game for James Ennis. Five of six from three. He was basically wide open the entire time, but not enough from Zach Levine until the game was basically over. I don't know. The Bulls have had a really tough stretch here coming back from the All-Star break. Seems like they felt the season was over as soon as they sent somebody to the All-Star game and looked competitive. They've (laughs) got to finish it out, especially considering the Raptors picked up a win tonight. Now they're only a game back of the Bulls, Mm -hmm. and they're only going to get healthier as Kyle Lowry returns. The Wizards even picked up a win. Now i got to be worried about the Wizards? Come on. I don't know. Getting a little (laughs) scary out here. Yeah, that doesn't sound like what back means. Um, no, 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 no. They, uh, in the general sense, you know, the Bulls have had a successful season compared to the past three years, even if they don't make the play-in tournament. Uh, but compared to the middle of February, the middle of March, they are the furthest thing from back. They are forward, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They're back to being bad is what the people are telling me on Twitter, and it's hard to disagree after a loss like that. Ugh, Trey, super painful. Uh, That's going to do it for today's show. Make sure that you go listen to all the podcasts at The Athletic. No Dunks, House of Strauss, The Athletic NBA Show. You can hear me on Down to Dunk. Please go check all those shows out. And Trey, hit me with that sign-off. Ding, ding! As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.